the bonfires of social enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. Thanks for tuning in to the bonfires of social enterprise. This is Rami Gingrass, and on this episode, we get to learn about fashion, garment making, and employment. Today, we're interviewing Karen Bushimi of the Detroit Garment Group and the new for-profit business, Detroit Sewn. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. Me too. I get to learn about fashion, which I am sorely in need of. I think I look forward to getting your help with that. Hey, let's talk first of all for our listening audience about the Detroit Garment Group. I know you've got four programs going and and maybe uh, start by filling us in on what the business is and how it got started. Sure. Detroit Garment Group is a 501c3 And we have a mission to um, educate and provide opportunities for Michigan's fashion community, as well as cut and sew manufacturers of all industries. It is our vision to make Michigan the state for the cut and sew industry. And we are doing that with four different programs. And you can tell me if I'm getting long-winded on this, because we really have our hands in a lot of different things. We started our first year, we were formed in 2012. So by 2013, our first program was called Fashion Speak. And this is a fashion conference that focuses on the business of fashion. The reason that we decided we needed this conference is because we have a very big, talented fashion community and no one really knows about it. We get very looked over with national magazines. You just don't hear people talking about the Detroit fashion scene. The question is why? And one of the many things that we realized is that the designers don't know how to promote themselves, how to brand, how to market, how to reach out to editors. And as we kind of dug deeper, we realized that with all of the fashion programs we have at many schools in the state, The students, while they are learning their craft well, they are not learning anything about business. So we realized that we needed to give them that education because we want them to stay in the state. We want them to thrive here. We want them to be able to hire others and really increase this industry and our economy. And they need that business education to be able to do that. So we started that conference and it is one day a year. We bring together five experts in various fields, everything from finance to social media to marketing and branding, you name it. And it is a sellout crowd every single year. The People who come, which ranges from students all the way to seasoned professionals, everything from designers to photographers to retailers, they love it. And not only are they learning while they're there, but they're also getting to be with their community for this whole day. They're just surrounded by all these people from the fashion industry. And I think it's surprising to them to see how big the numbers are. So that is our first program, and we're on our third year this October 15th down in Detroit, and uh, we are really excited. We're opening up another 25 seats, so we're going to be able to hold a total of 275 people this year, and we are currently booking our speakers now, and tickets are already on sale, and we've started selling tickets even without our speakers announced, which is amazing. So then... Last year, we started our second program, and that is our Industrial Sewing Certificate Program. 
And the reason that we started that is the vice president of our board, a man named Mark D'Andretta, he owns a cut and sew company in Sterling Heights called TDIC. And basically what they do is they make clothes for robots. So they are uh, covering the robots that are working primarily in the automotive industry. So for instance, if there's a robot painting a car, you don't want that robot to touch the car. You don't want the paint to get on the robot. So that's what these disposable clothes do. Interesting. See, nobody knew (laughs) robots have clothes. Anyways, so he and his wife, Lynn, were talking about how hard it is to find skilled industrial sewers. A number of years ago, all of those jobs, well, many of those jobs went overseas. And with that went our workforce and where a lot of the kids would follow in their parents' footsteps, that wasn't happening anymore. And now we're left with primarily an aging workforce and nobody to fill in as that uh, workforce nears retirement age. So companies aren't able to fill open positions and they're not able to expand either. So that was important for us to be able to meet that need. It fits into everything that we're doing in the fashion and sewing industries. So we partnered with Henry Ford College and with Michigan Works, which is our workforce development company, and with corporate sponsors such as Lear Corporation, and now this year IAC, which is another automotive supplier. And we created this industrial sewing certificate program. And what's really exciting about this program is that we target the unemployed and the underemployed. So if somebody, um, say they lost their job, one of the requirements to get unemployment is they have to register through Michigan Works. So the people there are able to show their clients this program and if they qualify you know, for eligibility, they get the funding to go through this program. And um, as a day program, it's a six-week program, evening program, 17 weeks. But for the day program, you're going full-time. You're getting 180 hours of hands-on, great training. And you're learning everything from automotive to upholstery to apparel sewing. And you're learning it on top-of-the-line industrial machines. And they're able to get out of that in six weeks and go get a job because there's, we know of over 300 open jobs in the state and and counting because of this workforce that's retiring in the next five to 10 years. And they're able to go out and make a living wage. What do you think, Karen, before we move to the next one, is there a demand so far for people wanting to come through that industrial sewing program? Absolutely. Uh, We are actually now on our fourth cohort for daytime, and we have our first evening class in session now. So we are definitely seeing the demand. And honestly, we're still educating and making people aware that this program exists. So the better that we are with our marketing of the program, the better we are at getting more and more students in. And uh, what we're going to be doing this year with the program, we're doing a couple of things. One is we are adding pattern making and sewing machine repair curriculums. Mm. And we are also working on making them apprenticeship, nationally recognized apprenticeship programs. So basically, you would be able to get your journeyman's card through that, which is going to mean uh, more job opportunities, better wages. And then we are also going statewide this year. So we are working on a partnership right now. We're almost 
finalized, so I, I really shouldn't say all the names yet, but with two other community colleges around the state, with a third one kind of coming up in the back that will be joining us shortly, and we are going to be giving them our curriculum and working with them as a consortium so that we are teaching the same high skill level, that consistent training throughout the state. And this is, you know, that goes along with making us the state for the cut and sew industry. It's not just in southeastern Michigan. It's going to be available all over the state. And I think that this is really going to help us with business attraction because we will be the only state that really is working on this pool of industrial sewers, pattern makers, sewing machine repair operators. So a cut and sew company can come here and know that they're going to be able to find the skilled workforce that they need so that they can get to work. It's just powerful. You're covering so many of the social issues here and really solving some bigger, broader issues for the state of Michigan. And one, you mentioned something that's really interesting for the employer as well. I didn't even think about the fact that they may not be able to expand because they don't have the labor locally. That's so interesting. Could you give us one example or a story of that situation that you've heard about? Well, I can go right back to uh, Mark D'Andretta at TDIC. He spent so much time trying to find sewers and then going through that time and expense of training them only for them to finally get working and realize this really isn't for me. And it, I mean, it really is a lot of money wasted. So what we're doing, in addition to teaching them this skill, we're also taking them on field trips. So they are going, I believe they go three to five times during their their time in the classroom, they're going to various cut and sew manufacturing facilities, all different types. They're getting on the floor, they're talking to the production manager, they're talking to other sewers, Mm -hmm. and they're really seeing what it would be like to work in that situation. So they know going through this program what the job is going to be, what it's like to be on that floor every day, and whether or not this really is for them. Excellent. So we've got the Fashion Speak Conference and the Cutting and Sewing Industrial Certificates. Let's go on and move to uh, your third and your fourth initiative there. Our third program that we're working on this year is we are building a fashion incubator in the city of Detroit. We are currently fundraising for that, which is so fun. I don't know why they call it fundraising because (laughs) it is not. Um, However, we're coming along nicely and we're very excited for this. You know, you hear so much about business incubators, which are so wonderful, so useful, so necessary. You don't hear so much about fashion incubators. There's actually quite a few around the country, um, and we actually have one already in the state of Michigan, but it's in Lansing, and that one's Mm -hmm. called The Runway. So we really felt that we needed one in southeastern Michigan, especially because our fashion industry is uh, concentrated here. So that is what we are working on now, and our fashion incubator will host 12 designers and residents at a time. And what they will get while they are in the incubator is they will have workspace, a mailing address, a place to have meetings. They get shared access to industrial sewing machines, along with really high-end designer software that they would never have on their own. I mean, this is expensive stuff, but it allows them to do pattern making and grading and 
all sorts of very necessary things um, to make their jobs as designers easier and more precise. And we also have lined up a number of mentors because mentors, uh, you know, mentorship is so important for a young entrepreneur. So we have everything from finance and legal to um, marketing and sales, and they are all working together and giving the designers so many hours per month to work with them in whatever way they need it. And then we are also... um, having them sit through mandatory workshops one a month. And basically, it's taking them through the entire process of building a business from the very beginning of setting up a business, writing a business plan, getting all of your financial projections in order all the way through understanding their supply chain to um, marketing, branding, sales and delivery. So by the end of their year in the incubator, they're going from a concept all the way to actually making sales and delivering those orders on time with high quality. And one of the things that we want to do for them in their last month in the incubator is set up a showroom situation where all of their collections are on display and we invite retailers from around the state to come in meet the designers, see their collections, you know, get something that they can take back with them and get that relationship started so that, you know, they can be selling in the state of Michigan and then hopefully after that going nationwide. And then that plays into our fourth program, which is building a garment district in the city of Detroit. Um, You know, this is something that I am so passionate about. It is so necessary Number one, because it's going to bring our community together. Part of the problem with people not knowing about this fashion industry here is that everyone is so scattered. So many people work out of their homes, you know, and you don't see that concentration. So what we have now is we have, I believe, 26 companies that have come together to start that said, yeah, we want to be together. We want to be in a garment district. We want to be in Detroit. And we are working with the city of Detroit and the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation Corporation, and this amazing woman named Sue Mosey, who is the president of Midtown Detroit, Inc., who has come on board and is helping us with the, the hard part for us that is definitely not our forte, and that is finding the right real estate, making that deal, making sure it's fitting everybody's needs. So they have all completed surveys with square footage needs and uh, machinery needs and loading docks and all those different things and their timelines for moving in so that we can start putting a plan in place. And I can't say for sure what the timeline is, but my guess is we're somewhere in the six month to 12 months Um, before we get this up and running. And once it's there, that's where our fashion incubator will be, along with Detroit Garment Group's offices. It's a whole ecosystem, right? It is really amazing that everyone, you've helped kind of corral and convene everyone, get them all together, and you found out people really do want to be together. There is strength in that business village, is what I like to think of it as, because there's sharing of knowledge, there's sharing of equipment, sometimes staff, But there's also cross-promotion, I find, that really naturally happens there. It's also great. It's a great anchor for the city of Detroit. We don't, as you said, it's it's all scattered. And we've just recently had some some designers 
either move back or want to move back, expressed an interest in moving back, but some of that ecosystem was missing, right? Mm-hmm. We definitely have relationships with designers who are, you know, born and bred in Michigan and are now in New York and LA who would love to come back and really have their businesses here. I like to say that you can be a very small fish in a very large pond in a place like New York, or you can come here and you can be a pretty big fish here. You really can. It is a small enough town where you can stand out and really get the spotlight that would be so hard to capture someplace like New York. And it's important for them in order to move back that we do have cut and sew manufacturing and the fabric stores and all the types of things that you find in a garment district. We need to have that here so that they have all of the services in place so that they can have their collections going, manufacturing and selling from the city of Detroit or the surrounding areas. And Karen, are you down to uh, sort of the space is the last piece of all of this big puzzle you've been putting together? Is that right? You're down to the building, right? We are down to the building, but also how we want to set up the space. One thing that's very important to me with creating this garment district is that it is affordable for everyone. Well, Not everybody can afford the exact same amount of rent. So we are looking at creative options, space sharing, and even having graduated levels of space sharing where perhaps, you know, you start with five designers sharing space and then maybe in a year you graduate and you're just sharing space with one other designer until you're able to have built your business enough that you can go into your own space and be able to afford that rent. So we just want to make sure that it's affordable, that it's inclusive, and that if you want to be part of it, you can be part of it. What is the range of a of a sewer's pay from maybe the very first certificate of what do you see it going up if they continue their education? What does that look like? Well, we tell our students at orientation that the starting wage is typically around $10 an hour. I can tell you that we have had students coming out of the program get hired for as much as fifteen fifty an hour, which is pretty good, you know, yeah. coming right out of the program. But really... You have a lot of potential here, especially with the apprenticeships and everything else. Like I said, pattern makers make, you know, even more than an industrial sewer. Once you get the skill set, you start to gain experience and you have the ability to move up through the ranks, which there's a lot of that ability. There are people making in the $30 range, which is awesome. And then really, you know, you have the opportunity to go into management. It's and it's totally up to the person how far they want to take it because all of the opportunity and funding is there. You've just opened up a whole new doorway to folks who might not have any skill set but have a desire to get into something. This is not something that you have to have a master's in something to get. So there's access to a wider population. And you've just expressed we really need the jobs filled. We need trained cut and sewers at the very foundational level. Let's talk about your background and your expertise, because you're obviously very well uh, spoken and educated about the fashion industry. Will you give us a quick tour of your expertise? Well, I can tell you that I can't sew and I can't design, but I am a longtime worker in the fashion industry, and it's been through magazines primarily, through writing and editing a variety of uh, magazines, both in the state of Michigan, but also nationally. 
really the reason that I started Detroit Garment Group is I was the editor at a magazine called Style Line for six years, which was owned by the Detroit Media Partnership. And it was a, an all-local magazine, and we had a department called Designer Spotlight. And where in magazines, often a department can grow stale over the years, and you drop it and you put in something fresh and new, Designer Spotlight never got stale. We never ran out of designers. And in fact, we always had a waiting list of designers to put in. That's when I really mm. understood just how big our fashion industry is and really how talented they are. And I wanted to do more because once again, why didn't I know about this? And why am I finding the bulk of the designers? Why aren't they finding me? You know, I'm I'm offering free editorial and they're not contacting me and saying, hey, I've got this great line. I would love to be in this department. Why don't they know to do that? So that is really kind of how all those gears started turning. And I realized that if I wanted to make a difference, it was going to take a nonprofit and that sort of commitment and community to make it happen. That's powerful. So so really, let's transition now and summarize. We've got the nonprofit Detroit Garment Group, and the Detroit Garment Group will help facilitate one of the four initiatives is building a district. And within that, look at the social enterprise elements of that. So we're solving a workforce development, an employment issue, a skilled labor issue from social reasons. We're also helping to facilitate more scale and growth for the current employers who need cut and sewers. And now we're facilitating a bigger ecosystem to keep it all going. So that's all happening just out of the nonprofit. And so it's got some social enterprise in it. It's got some revenue modeling in there with sales and curriculums and rents, perhaps. Now let's move and transition to the business that you've started called Detroit Sewn. And that's a for-profit business. Let's talk about that. Detroit Sewn came about because I was fielding so many calls through Detroit Garment Group for cut and sew manufacturing in Michigan. And not only in Michigan, but people specifically wanted things made in the city of Detroit. You know, Detroit is a very hot, sexy town now, and people want to say my product was manufactured in Detroit. We don't have any full-service custom cut-and-sew manufacturers in the city, which is shocking, but it's true. I mean, there are a few around the state. There's one in particular that I would refer a lot of business to, but they can't you know, possibly handle all of the different phone calls coming in. I mean, they're just, they're not big enough either. So I realized we really needed a cut-and-sew facility in Detroit. So I decided to get crazy and start another company. And um, what we're going to be doing is we are actually going to start in downtown Pontiac in about a month. And our friends there have been very wonderful and generous to us and are getting us into a space so that we can get the business launched. And then when the garment district officially opens, we'll put a second location there because we'll be doing a couple of different things. We have some steady work that is going to be coming in from the automotive industry, actually, and that will primarily be happening out of the Pontiac location. And then once we get that up and running and we have the other location set up, we'll be doing more custom manufacturing there. 
What's special about it to me is that we'll be able to hire the graduates of our sewing program, which is wonderful. You know, I go to every single one of their graduations and I sign their certificates and I hug them and we take pictures and I love the idea that our journey does not have to end there, you know, and that I can keep going with a number of them. And we'll be starting with somewhere in like the five to 10 range. But eventually, when we're completely up and going, we should be able to hire about 40 sewers, which is very exciting. Thrilling. It's thrilling to be a small business to hire one or two is almost miraculous sometimes (laughs) today. So congratulations on that. That's a big deal. And uh, for those that aren't familiar with Michigan, Pontiac is not far from Detroit. It, depending on traffic, it's a half hour, 45 minutes. So many people actually say it's part of the metro Detroit area. It's just a little bit out in the outskirts if you're not from Michigan. And there's a lot of folks to hire in Pontiac, too, and a lot of business there, too. So you're spreading, you're spreading your good ideas around for everybody else to enjoy it. What, if I were to ask you, gosh, If you would dream big for me in your truth of today as we're talking right now, your truth of the moment is like, I like to say, what would a huge vision look like where this could go for you, Karen? Oh, boy. Um, Well, you know, I, I I see multiple things. For Detroit Garment Group, I really see this huge statewide effect that um, comes from our various programs. I see companies moving here in droves. I see jobs being created. I see the national media talking about Michigan as the state for the cut and sew industry. This is where everybody's going. Why? Why is everybody going there? You know what I mean? But the employers know, like, I want the employers to get it. This is why they're going there. There is the skilled pool. There are all sorts of opportunities. There's a garment district. There's all of these different things all working together that makes sense for all of these companies to come together. So I really see this as becoming a huge industry in our state. And then with Detroit Sewn, I just want to see us really busy. I want to see us taking orders all over the country. I want to see us making a great product, whatever that product is that's delivered on time and workers getting to work and getting promoted and more opportunities for them and going back for additional training. And I just, I want to just see everything working as it's supposed to be. Is that big enough? (laughs) Yeah, that'll do. Every time I see you lately in the last, I don't know, six months, your vision got bigger, even in the (laughs) month or two in between. Uh, Karen, why don't you let, uh, let everyone know how they would reach both the Detroit Garment Group and Detroit Zone? Sure. So Detroit Garment Group, our website is DetroitGarmentGroup.org. And uh, you will find lots of good information. If you want to shoot me an email, I'm at Karen at DetroitGarmentGroup.org. The Detroit Sewn website is on its way up. So check check with that soon. And that is just DetroitSewn.com. Both groups have Facebook and Twitter handles. And actually, Detroit Garment Group also has a Fashion Speak Twitter that you can follow as well to know what's going on with the conference. And very important, Detroit Garment Group has two Instagram accounts. Our regular one is just Detroit Garment Group. But our second one is called Detroit Fashion Scene. And this is part of our initiative to get our fashion industry on the national fashion map. So what it is, is it's a curated account of the very best in Michigan designers, photographers, models, wardrobe stylists, hair and makeup artists. Mm. 
So if you go there and you follow us and you check it out, you're going to get a really good picture of just how big and talented our fashion industry is here. Thanks for being on the episode today, and we look forward to checking back. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, email this link, bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com, to a friend and help spread the word. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and are copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingrass Global LLC.